Welcome to the Weekly Dose Podcast, your one-stop shop for the weekly news in Incretin Mimetic Therapies with your host, Man on the Majaro, Dave Knapp. Hello and welcome to another installment of the Weekly Dose Podcast. I am Dave Knapp, Man on the Manjaro. That's why I'm here. You are on the pen. Wigobi Ozempic, Saxenda Victoza, Trulicity, Manjaro, Zetbound, that pen. Hey, maybe you're even in one of the clinical trials and you're on Ritatritide or Cagrosema or Servodutide or Maritide, whatever tide you're on, whatever Utide brings you to on the pen. Maybe even just a passing interest in GLP-1 medications. You want to know what these are all about. You came to the right place. I am a YouTuber turned TikToker turned podcaster. Uh, and I cover all things incretin mimetic therapies. That's what these medications are. They're groundbreaking. They're life-changing. They're game-changing medications. And we talk about them all on this channel. So I hope you'll consider giving this podcast a five-star rating and review to help get this message out. And if you want to check out all the content, you're going to have to jump over to my YouTube channel, On the Pen with Dave Knapman on the Manjaro. Check me out there. Would love to have you over in the community there. But we're going to get right into it. Some always, always exciting news in the world of GLP-1s. And thank you to uh, my friend Clark over on uh, Twitter for uh, sending me so much of the content that we cover on this channel. I really couldn't do it without supporters like him and uh, some of my other supporters, especially over on YouTube. A couple of the interesting stories that I saw this week. Um, the first one relates to the number of people on GLP-1 medications. Now, there's a really interesting article from a website called tipranks.com that goes over, obviously, the popularity of these medications, the rise in popularity of these medications, and how actually there are grocery bills that are shrinking, and they're tracking these at stores like Walmart and Target. This, of course, is not new news if you followed GLP-1 medications, how GLP-1s are affecting the bottom line of major companies like Frito-Lay, Pepsi, Coke, Nestle, uh, especially a lot of the junk food uh, and fast food restaurants as people get a handle on their cravings through the magic of, of incretimimetic therapies. So that may not be new news to you that, that, that that's being impacted by up to 9%, uh, a 9% decrease as they've tracked this uh, for people on GLP-1s versus people who are not. So very interesting numbers. But interestingly, this study was done by Morgan Stanley. And essentially what they found is they pulled 92,000 people. And of the 92,000 people, get this is an interesting number, 12.3% of the people polled had someone in their household on a weight loss medication. So that is a staggering number. Uh, when you think about all the issues that people have had with accessibility, uh, you know, who knows how much that 12.3% number holds across the population of those in the United States, but as a, that's a pretty good sample size, 92,000 people, 12%, over 12% of people in their household on weight loss medications. So as you see these medicines proliferate and really start to make a big impact on the number of people with obesity, which in this country, uh, depending on who you talk to, could be up to 100 million people. 
is just a staggering uh, number. And so obviously you're going to see these companies pivot. We talked last week on uh, the Weekly Dose podcast about, uh, it wasn't Amgen, it was uh, one of the one of the bio uh, pharmaceutical companies who've actually come out and they've made a a protein shake that is designed for people on GLP one. So you're going to see more of these companies pivot to make higher protein, more um, nutritional options for those who are consuming fewer fewer calories but want to get those macronutrients and vitamins in. You'll see a pivot; they'll make their money. Uh, but right now they're in that kind of deer in the headlights phase of what do we do? We talked last week also about CEOs of these major companies actually reaching out to the CEO of Novo Nordisk saying what's going on and what can we do? So fascinating. Morgan Stanley also came out with another prediction that they think that Eli Lilly could be the first trillion dollar valuation pharmaceutical stock in history, which is fascinating. I did a a quick video, put it up on all my channels this week about the history of Eli Lilly, a fascinating history about a civil civil war colonel, Eli Lilly, who is getting frustrated with the lack of controls and regulations in the pharmaceutical in- industry and decided to start his own gig in, uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. And so it's grown from this idea in the mind of this uh, pharmaceutical genius that was a colonel in the American Civil War and turned into potentially the first trillion dollar pharmaceutical stock. So very, very, very fascinating. We've talked in the past couple of weeks here about how Britain had the quick pen, the Manjaro quick pen approved for use there. And we've seen a launch there. The European Union is getting on board as well. They're going to be reviewing Manjaro for obviously uh, the purposes that it's used for diabetes and obesity. We talked about how Lilly is not rebranding the obesity management version of terzepatide overseas. They're just calling it Manjaro as well. And they are looking at the multi-dose injection pens like the quick pen. Germany and Poland have already received the single dose vials, but in the UK, they will be considering the quick pen. And that will be really good news for our friends in the United Kingdom. Not so great for those of us who are still grappling with major supply issues over here in the United States, sort of a separate conversation. I think that many of us are frustrated with the continued launch of uh, these GLP-1 medications in other markets when they can't serve the markets that they're already in. And I think it, honestly, it creates a, a really, really potentially harmful situation for patients who are left to either go off the medication and restart the medication skip doses, go back doses, it's really uh, causes a lot of hiccups in people's treatments. And so I think that there's some culpability there that uh, the pharmaceutical companies should be considering uh, before they launch in other markets. Some interesting news this week about gastric bypass uh, and type 2 diabetes. I know this this is a sort of a topic that's near and dear to my heart as a type 2 diabetic who's on these medications. And this study from Medical News Today said people who undergo gastric bypass surgery for weight loss are significantly less likely to see a return of type 2 diabetes, even if they regain weight, which is fascinating. Factors such as insulin use, higher A1C levels, and longer duration of type 2 diabetes before undergoing surgery were linked to a higher chance of diabetes coming back. But the study found that 75% of individuals who had gastric bypass experienced ongoing diabetes remission and contrast to the 34% 
of those who just underwent a sleeve gastrectomy. So interesting information. This came from the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, and they were following 224 patients who had gastric bypass and 46 who had sleeve. Obviously, these people were diabetic as well. So just an interesting study. Again, I'll list all of these links in the show notes so you can go back and check them for yourself if you're interested in more information on any of these topics. Another really interesting article from IQVA.com, and this one relates to the surge in GLP-1 scripts being written around the country, but more specifically, as Manjaro launched, there's some really interesting numbers baked in here. So the rejection by insurance companies of GLP-1 claims rose last year from 30% with just Wigovi on the market uh, and Ozempic, obviously there are some others too, but basically pre-Manjaro numbers, we had 30% rejection rate of GLP-1 medications. Post-Manjaro, that number jumped to 41%. I can't imagine, it'll be interesting to see what those numbers do after 2024 with the launch of ZetBound. Again, we're hearing rumblings of, of up to uh, 75,000 prescriptions per week being written of set bound. So that's a staggering number, but baked into this uh, article again from IQVIA.com, nearly 60% of the GLP-1 prescriptions written in 2023 remained unfilled after the first half of 23. So you see this sort of highlights the issues that people are having with uh, accessibility to these medications, be it their insurance companies rejecting, be it supply issues, whatever it may be that's impacting it. 60% of the people who were trying to get GLP-1 medications last year were unable to, and those scripts went unfilled. So interesting numbers uh, and check all these articles out in the show notes of this video. Hey, I just, before we sign off this week, wanted to make a special note. February is Heart Awareness Month. Uh, Some of you know, and some of you may not know, I lost my father on February 19th of 2012. Um, So this is 12 years, 12 years ago today that I lost my dad to a massive heart attack. And I just wanted to say um, just a special thank you to him and a special acknowledgement. It's not something that I've done often on the channel, but you might be interested to know as a child, I was extremely introverted, extremely shy. And my dad did those things like teach, teach his boy how to shake a man's hand, look him in the eye, talk loud so people can hear you. All those things that, you know, some boys need a little extra coaching on. Uh, But my dad uh, taught me all those things. He gave me the confidence and the encouragement uh, throughout my childhood to know that I could accomplish anything and certainly to know things like, Hey, life doesn't always hand you the cards that you want, but it's about how you play those cards. Um, and so I just want to make a special acknowledgement uh, to him. Um, I miss him every day. Uh, you don't lose somebody who's that near and dear to you and, and ever really be the same. I talk about grief, in terms of what it would be like to lose a limb, right? Eventually, if you lost your arm, you would get used to the fact that you can live without that arm, but you're always marked by the lack of the arm, you know, uh, and, and you'll always remember what life, life was like before 
you lost that limb. And so you learn to live with it, I guess, is, is what I'm getting at. Uh, but you're always changed by that event. And so uh, I just am so thankful and so grateful uh, to have had a, a loving father uh, that gave me the confidence and the encouragement to know that I could accomplish anything. And I think he'd be mighty proud of what we're doing here on the pen. So thank you all for being a part of my journey. Thank you for being the best part of what I do here at On the Pen with Man on the Majaro. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you leave it a five-star rating and review. That will help the message get out about what we're doing here at On the Pen. Until next week, this Thursday night on On the Pen, we'll see you on the pen. <laughs>